Douglas Goldstein, eFuturist, Health Innovation Media. The 10th annual Health 2.0 conference. I can't believe it's been 10 years. Uh, we have Rashu Shrestha, and you are the Chief Innovation Officer of UPMC, the entire organization. So that's the health plan, the enterprise group, the health systems, and all the other components, correct? Well, it's one team, Doug. It's a team approach. Absolutely, yep. And that's actually our first question. So many health systems are dominated by their hospital component. At what point does it shift for a health system, health plan, integrated one system like UPMC? Well, um, what's really unique about UPMC is that we're an integrated delivery financial system, an IDFS as some would call it, right? And this perfect yin and yang of the payer and the provider organization, I truly believe is actually the future of healthcare for the United States. And I think that's really important. And by that, I don't mean that every healthcare organization across the country has to be an IDFS but a tighter alignment, a tighter integration between the provider side of the house and the payer side of whatever it is that the payers do, I think is really, really critical if we are to uh, bring costs down overall and improve quality overall. And that's the, that's the bet that UPMC has made. And based on that foundation, we're really building what we're calling UPMC Enterprises and our thesis towards what the future of healthcare really looks like. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of work with the Innova Center for Personalized Health, and James Wade has come over from Geisinger. And, and James liked to say, we had one bottom line, and that's what you're reinforcing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, so, you know, while the provider side of the house really talks about, hey, what's most important for the patient? Because patients are important. And I'm, you know, as a, as a clinician, I, I can tell you it's all about patient-centered care. But at the same time, the payer side of the house comes in and says, yeah, all right, look, it's not just about doing more scans or filling up this hospital beds. It really is about appropriateness and utilization. What's in the best interest of that health plan member, right? So from a UPMC perspective, when we talk about all of this, we really focus on the person. And I think that's really important. It's not just something nice that we say and we, you know, we talk about in our boardrooms. That really is how we make our decisions. And that also, again, forms the foundation of the, uh, the, 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 uh, of the thesis that we're putting in place around, you know, where's, the, where's healthcare going in all of this? Where do we make the right bets in terms of pivoting healthcare from where it is to where it needs to be? So one of the biggest challenges, I don't want to overstate this, but it's almost easier to integrate these financial assets. The real challenge is cultural change. How do you actually get, uh, when you acquire 15 or 20 physician groups and bring them part into the one system, how do you create, how do you accelerate the creation of culture in a physician organization? Yeah, I think, I think culture is, uh, without any doubt, the, uh, the biggest dynamic when you're trying to you know, navigate through all of the challenges of consolidation. And consolidation is one of the stark realities of healthcare today, right? Um, but I think more important than even navigating through the cultural challenges of a consolidation process is really rethinking the future of healthcare and saying, all right, look, here comes the innovators and the, you know, the entrepreneurs, and they have a different cultural mindset altogether. Right? Whereas clinicians and physician practices have this mindset, this cultural mindset of going with tried and tested and evidence-based guidelines and best practices. And you've got these innovators and you know, the entrepreneurs that are sort of coming at you and saying, hey, here's this brand new approach, trust me, it'll work. Right? So part of what we do at UPMC Enterprises is A, we acknowledge that this cultural clash actually exists. And then B, we leverage this clash, right? We say, all right, 
how do we not just factor in those clinicians after we've created the product when we're about to go live with it and we say, all right, you know, here it is, live with it, sort of is the culture that, you know, has been practiced thus far. How do we integrate them, you know, leveraging the principles of design thinking, right, human-centered design principles, where we're leveraging their intellect, not just in deploying solutions and using them, but in designing solutions and thinking about those pain points, those very pain points that we're investing in at the first time anyway. So, okay, culture. The second one is actually changing the processes. So I have always believed it's not about the website, it's about the service. It's not about the app, it's about the service. So you're changing culture. What are you doing to actually change the processes? You shared some examples earlier on stage at Health2L at the Provider Symposium. What What is the most important kind of approach would you recommend to other systems that are becoming financial health integrated systems? So there are lots of challenges to really, you know, being more of an integrated system, whether you're a you know, payer provider system, an IDFS, right, or a smaller organization that's sort of trying to survive and trying to, you know, really understand all of the challenges of healthcare reform and escalating costs. Um, I think one of the most important things that we're trying to do is we're trying to say, hey, look, it really is about the right types of partnerships. And partnership is a term that we don't really like too much because it gets skewed in so many different ways. For us, it's about identifying the pain points that we know exist because we live it and breathe it every day, right? We're not just an investor that's coming in, you know, with nice whiteboards and with a big fat paycheck to sort of design and, and invest in a company. We're saying, look, we're living and breathing this on a day in, day out basis, all right? But how do we find the right partners to address those pain points? make sure that they're able to work with our clinical and operational champions such that we get to eat our own dog food. We'll, we co-create these solutions, we co-invest in these solutions, and together we make, make sure that we, we, we fail fast, but at the same time we succeed more often. We then take these solutions and implement, this, implement them across UPMC, but then, but then take this out to market such that we're able to then commercialize these solutions and make uh, revenue, generate revenue, because that's really important as well. So the example you shared in the panel that struck me, so you bought a very innovative um, point of care. So how do we really empower intelligent point of care to help the clinician do what's right for people? You bought a company, and then you, you mentioned you added 18 engineers. So I think a, a little more detail on that would provide insight to me in the audience. So absolutely. So that's just one of many different examples that we have, right? So MedCPU is this Israeli company uh, that had its U.S. headquarters, that has its U.S. headquarters in New York. And we were looking at the space of clinical decision support because, you know, it's really important to make sure that, you know, clinicians aren't being inundated with data. Right? We, I often say that you know, we're data rich and information poor. <laughs> you know, we're more detectives than we are clinicians because we're always piecing information together and trying to you know, put them into some semblance. Treasure hunts. Exactly, <laughs> right? So how do we get away from that by leveraging intelligence, ensuring that we're able to uh, utilize you know, next generation technologies like natural language processing, for example, but build that into the workflow such that what really stands out and what drives the workflow is context. Okay, so that's really, really important. Context is king. All right, so we looked at a number of different solutions, looked at a number of different ways to create the right types of capabilities around this, and really honed in on MedCPU. And we invested in the company, and we're now partnering with them and working with them at UPMC, where we're hiring, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're hiring you know, dozens, a dozen plus engineers in Pittsburgh. 
right? Growing jobs in Pittsburgh, but having them work with our clinicians, work in our clinical environment such that we're able to create the right solutions that we know we'll use at UPMC. And because of that, uh, as we hone those products out, we can then take out to the rest of the marketplace with MedCPU and their existing customers. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.